Hi, this is Mark Rathbone. This is my audio blog, Save Our Soil, and tonight I'm going to talk about why I became involved in selling food direct straight from the farm to the consumers. And if you're a farmer and you're thinking, well, I don't really get paid enough for what I do, maybe I'll have some things that might be of interest. Okay, talk to you soon. Hi, this is Mark Rathman from Save Our Soil. Ah, uh, this is my audio blog. It's not really a podcast, it's just uh, me sharing my experiences on my journey. Company I run is Save Our Soil, as I've probably mentioned in past podcasts, if you haven't listened before. And what we do is we sell biodynamic, organically grown vegetables direct to the community through a series of farmers markets in the city. Now you're probably wondering why would I do such a thing? Doesn't make a lot of sense considering most markets today are like mass production. But if you do mass production you've got to sell to the supermarket and I think if you sell through the supermarket or some sort of other retail system you're not always going to get the maximum amount for your produce. This of course is not normal all produce, if you've got something different, something unique that you can sell and keep your label on it, then that's probably okay. But uh, I'm going to tell my story of why I became involved and um, hopefully that might inspire you to do so. If everything's going alright for you, then there's no need to listen. Um, I was born on a biodynamic farm. My father was uh, basically a dairy farmer. We had a couple hundred cows. And every day we'd milk the cows. I came home from school when I'm 17 years old and started farming full-time. And it was always a bloody struggle, you know. We were selling our top-grade milk. It had no chemicals in it. It smelt beautiful. high-quality fats, high-quality proteins. And I felt that we deserved better than, like, 20, 30 cents, whatever it was at the time. And I thought, why is it that our milk's probably one of the best qualities yet we can't get a good price so I decided that I'd go into marketing and pretty much find out how do you sell stuff coming from a farm I knew how to produce it anyway so I decided to join the rawest sales that you could think of and that was real estate I mean real estate agents to me were sharks but it was the only thing I could really get into Anyway, after failing at that for about two years, I decided that I needed to learn some sales and marketing training. So I went to a company who taught it. And it was a very interesting process. It talked about, you know, um, focusing people on the end result, trying to help people achieve the things that they want. And in the food industry, we want people to enjoy the flavor of their food. They want to be healthy as a result of eating it. And they want an easy process to get it. So that's probably a very melted-down version of the whole process. But I learned a lot from the marketing. And it wasn't long before I joined the Biodynamic Marketing Company, which is a company dedicated to selling Biodynamic Farmers produce. Now, they also sell organic produce as well. But that's basically so they can you know, own the marketplace and have a reasonably... Um, 
good mass production in order to have an efficient run or efficient uh, transport service. So they do a bit of both. Anyway, I learned a lot about marketing and basically the retailers in the food industry, their shelf space is like real estate. And if you put your product in their shelf and it doesn't sell, they want you out of there because you're taking up their real estate. And they're pretty cutthroat, like they will put in a highly advertised product, best-selling product, and they don't really care what it tastes like, how good it is for people's health. They just want to make money out of their shelf space. So I learned this pretty quickly. So I decided to start helping them sell stuff a lot by having samplings and tastings of our produce. And the biodynamic produce tastes really good. So I felt that that was a great idea. And we sold heaps while we did the tastings. But as the product, as you move away from the tastings, uh, the product sales diminish again. And they then would call me back up again and say, come and do another tasting. So I was doing all their marketing work for them. And I said, well, look, you do it yourself. And they wouldn't do it. So they were too busy serving customers. So I decided that, you know, I'd had enough of that. And um, I ended up basically being a transport driver for a while with Biodynamics. And I was a little bit lost as to how I could apply that to the farm. So I came home to the farm again. I think it was the early 90s. And our milk had finally become recognised as biodynamic milk and was being sold directly into the supermarket shelves nationwide as biodynamic. So it was the first time our quality milk was sold and we got a premium for that. So our price went from probably 30 cents at a time, I can't, don't quote me on the figures, to about 60. So we're almost getting double what everybody else was getting and that became quite a profitable venture. So I did that for a while, but then in 2000s, droughts came. And, you know, you think they're going to be around for a couple of years, but that's not always the case. This one lasted for 10 years, and I decided that we had to do, like we were basically buying expensive biodynamic and organic feed from across the other side of Australia, Western Australia. And we were basically paying for the milk because the cost of the hay and the grain was huge anyway we thought it would only last a couple of years so we just kept doing it but in the meantime you know the, the we were making less and less profit and I had to come up with another way to make money so I decided to do home delivery and I bought vegetables from Melbourne brought them back to the farm and I did a home delivery around our area basically taking vegetables to, to people's homes and whilst that was, I sort of modelled on a delivery system in that, you know, if you're a courier and you drop off a parcel for five bucks, and you had three or four parcels, you made 20 bucks. It was a good little business. And I would drop off, you know, maybe 20 or 30 products to some people, and I'd make two or three bucks on each. So I thought it was a good model. But we did it for about seven years. Um, I made a little bit of money out of it, but not a lot, basically because in the country, People were too far apart. So you're spending too much time traveling between the different customers. But I enjoyed it and I wore out the Toyota Dyna truck as a result of that. <laughs> I've still got it here today, but anyway, it was fun doing it.
So my next step in my direct sales was going to the farmer's market. Now, one of my clients, who was a biodynamic farmer himself, was selling apricots at the Melbourne farmer's market. And I was looking into it, and I was just about to become involved. I'd bought some scales. Um, I'd bought a tent. And we were talking about it one day, and he said, oh, I already do the markets. Do you want to come with me, and we'll share a tent? And I said, oh, yeah, sure. So I had been growing... Um, cherry tomatoes and tomatoes and rock melons and watermelons for wholesale through the drought as well as for money and it was going quite well but some weeks you'd get four dollars for your cherry tomato punnet which was quite good and then a heap of tomatoes might come down from Queensland and you get two dollars fifty and go bloody hell in one week it dropped the dollar fifty a punnet so I thought, bugger this, I've got to sell my own. So I went to the farmer's markets, and the first day I made a 1000 bucks. So I thought, wow, this is it. But also, there was a guy there. I got, actually, I saw this guy about three months prior, which made me want to go to the markets in the first place. And he had this huge truck in the middle of the farmer's markets, and he was selling buckets of peaches and stone fruit. It was a mixed bucket, I think it was about. It had a little bag inside the bucket, I had nectarines, peaches, plums, I think. And each bag was worth 10 bucks. And he had, you know, um, 70 buckets on a pallet. They're on shelves. And he had about 10 pallets there. And I worked out that he had like 700 bucks worth of stuff on a pallet. And he he'd sold 10 pallets worth a day. So that was seven grand. I'm going, well, this is it. Farmer's market's going to be the go. So I decided to go to my first one. I made $1,000 on the first day. But my rock melons were selling really well and my watermelons weren't. Now, my watermelons were quite big, but the Rockies, people could fit in their fridge. They could eat quite quickly and you know, use a whole one in a week. And, and even an old granny could carry it quite easily. So I decided then to look into small watermelons because I realised that the size was the thing that was stopping them buying the watermelons so I did that and we found some yellow watermelons and also some mini red ones and I started growing those and they just went like hotcakes and then we started doing honeydews as well and a couple of other different ones too many to mention here so I've got about six mini watermelons so I'm like the melon king at the farmers markets and we moved our varieties into sweet potatoes and things like that so we've we've sort of developed the market and now it's, you know, two, three times what I used to do. But in the meantime, I decided that I would try some other markets in this country. Yet, I could only do about one-tenth of what I did at the farmer's markets in Melbourne. See, the important thing about finding good farmer's markets is that, one, you've got to have a different product. You've got to differentiate yourself between everybody else. And mine, nobody really had mini melons there, nor did they have organic melons. So I was sort of individualized by those two things. Also, I had tastings out the front uh, where people could come in and they could taste for free and they knew exactly what they were buying. So that was another way I differentiated myself. But in the farmer's markets, to choose a good farmer's markets, you have to not only find a point of differentiation, but the people have to have the money to buy. So you've got to go to a rich place if you're selling high uh, value things. 
it's no good going to a lower economic suburb or town um, otherwise it's just a waste of time also you've got to sell tonnage uh, my van holds two ton of produce and I like to sell it all and in order to get enough volume to make a living you've got to sell quite a few things so you've got to have a market that's well attended now some of the Mel- Melbourne farmers markets have four to six thousand people attend on the weekend we get two or three hundred come through a tent in a five-hour period and I tell you it's flat out so it's no good going to a country market where there's like you know 200 people if you're sitting around if you go to a farmer's market and there's people sitting on chairs behind their stands as a vendor don't go to it i wouldn't bother um, you've really the the vendors should be flat out busy all the time um another thing to look out for when you're thinking about doing a farmer's market is uh if you go there and all the food vendors like the people who've got coffee and cakes and uh, takeaway food are doing well yet there's not many fruit and veggie vendors then that's what we call a casual market people from the local area not buying they're just traveling in from far away they haven't got enough uh, room in their car to take things home or it's too far for them to take things home so they won't buy anything they'll buy a bottle of jam or a, a bottle of wine piece of cheese maybe a few nuts or chocolates and they'll have a, a takeaway meal and then they'll go home so you don't really want to go to, depending on what you're selling of course but if you're selling fruit and veg or, or staples then you want to go to a place that's there's a lot of residents around the market itself uh, i went to a market in the country the whole town there was probably three thousand people that's not enough you can't go to those places and sell fruit and veg you can go there and sell coffee because you know 500 people would come in just and have a coffee no probs so i go to places like st kilda and around st kilda the football over there there's probably 20,000 people that live and they'll walk to the market and they'll buy stuff and then they'll walk home again so that's the kind of thing you're looking for um so it's very important to select a good market and the best way to do that is to go and do your research go to the markets on a regular basis for months and months in the times when your produce is going to be available and then see who's doing well go at the start of the day see who's got a heap of stock and then go at the end of the day and see who's sold it all and uh, see if you've got any competition there and if you have then how can you be better than them basically also, there's a fair bit of politics associated with farmers markets. If they're well sought after, as far as a stallholder is concerned, you might take a while for you to get in there. So you might have to put your name down early and wait 12 months before you get in. Um, but there's new markets opening up all the time and you have to give markets a chance. You can't really go to a market for two or three weeks and then go, oh, okay, I'm not making any money here, I'll go home. It took me about a year to really establish uh, good products and also for me to grow good products, work out what people wanted and also um, to get the people to know you're there and, and follow you and then tell, tell their friends about it. So there's a lot of things to consider before doing a farmer's market but um, I think that's all I've got to share with you this evening. It's certainly worth doing because uh, the supermarket system doesn't seem to be really working for farmers. They become price takers instead of price askers. And whilst we don't have you know, huge numbers that we're putting through, 
we have the ability to in the future in that currently I'm doing one market a week and in the summer I do two and some of our farmers are hire their friends and family and they're doing they can do six or eight on a weekend they can do 20 in a month and when you start doing you know a thousand dollars a market or two thousand dollars a market at 20 markets that's not bad turnover and I know some blokes that are doing it so but I'm also know some blokes that are failing uh, so you've really got to know your stuff and work out the formula so it's really up to you some things do better than other things at farmers markets and some things are more competitive actually veggies is probably the most competitive but it's also uh, the easiest to do get set up with and you can also be very flexible with your crop so if you're just going in there with apples and that's all you've got in your um, in your garden or your farm then it's going to be hard to just make money out of apples some of the orchardists tend to grow a few veggies as well and then they've got a bit of flexibility or they'll make something like they'll make icy poles out of orange juice or apple juice and uh, so they've got a number of products in which they can they can sell but you've got to have more than one product I believe unless it's coffee coffee always seems to do well but it's very hard to get in with coffee because a lot of the vendors have taken that up or moved in already pretty set in their ways um, also uh, make sure that you're registered with the council for farmers markets even at your home, your home has to be registered as a food safety place, depending on the thing that you do. Uh, also, get in with the councils. You have to be registered with the council to go to a farmer's market, so seek your local council advice there. And also, uh, there's various authorities within the farmer's market realm, like the Victorian Farmer's Market Association. They can help you out on how to set up ways to become involved. So um, there's, it's more to it than just rocking up at the market and, and hoping you'll get a stand. There's a bit of planning involved. Anyway, I think that I'm nearly done on the farmer's market realm. I hope that this helps somehow. Currently, I'm writing a book about my journey from being a dairy farmer to selling direct at farmer's markets. And uh, it's called Rathbone's Tucker. And I'll talk more about that later on. But if you'd like more information about farmers markets or about the book, then you can uh, contact me at uh, our email, which is saveoursoil59 at gmail.com. Plus, uh, you can leave us a rating or share this podcast. You can even uh, favorite it and um, store it in your phone so that you can listen to further updates. So when I do another podcast, you'll be notified as to what that is. So I hope this has been informative. And um, if you uh, would like any further information, don't hesitate to contact me. Anyway, I might sign off there. Thanks very much for listening. And uh, keep farming. See ya.